With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White, a Newcastle United podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live. We are the only place you need to come for all the up-to-date news about your club. We have a panel of expert writers who have covered the club for many, many years. We have legends of the game who also join us as special guests as well as writers from further afield. Hit that subscribe button and get your weekly update of Newcastle. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. Football is back and Newcastle have started it with a fantastic 3-0 win over Sheffield United. I'm joined here by Kieran Kelly and Mark Douglas. Gents, I was just saying that to Kieran before we came on, uh, that it's kind of sods low that we sat through, especially the last few games at St. James's Park, which were far from <laughs> brilliant to watch. And we couldn't be there today because of all the rules and what have you. And they've, they've arguably put their best performance in, um, or one of their best performances in of the season. Yeah, I think there'll be about 40... 7,000 other people feeling pretty much the same you know it was a it was I mean the first half to be fair let's 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 not let's not sort of suggest it was a 90 minute um sort of display but first 45 minutes was kind of what we've been expecting from Newcastle this season but I think you could have you could have forgiven them for being a little bit rusty um but then the second half they were really really good and I think you know Alan Samaxim an absolute key to everything that they um that they do well he's obviously had a good a good lockdown uh, in terms of his fitness, in terms of his, uh, you know, sharpness, I think probably have, I've watched most of the games since football's come back, and he's been as good as anybody that I've seen really, apart from maybe a few of the Manchester City lads and um, you know a couple of the Palace lads last night as well. I think he, he, he's you know he's up there with them. He's been the outstanding performer of this first weekend back. Um, brilliant to see Jalinton score as well, and massive credit must go to Steve Bruce because I, I had actually heard a few whispers a couple of weeks ago. You know, Newcastle came back late. You know, had they maybe, um, you know, they maybe got slightly, they got it wrong because they were taking it slightly differently to other clubs. But, you know, they looked really bright today. And, um, you know, if they can finish the season like this, then, you know, that top 10 place is, is not beyond uh, not beyond uh, question. Kieran, obviously we saw Sheffield United reduced to 10 men early in the second half. But for me, I thought in the first half, there was two or three opportunities, two or three moments when Newcastle looked like they had the better of them on the counter, Almiron, was key to that. Obviously, one of the them opportunities was a Joe Linton chance, which he, he scuffed. But um, did you think Newcastle were on top in that first half, or was it was it quite a balance going into the interval? I thought the first ten, you could tell Sheffield United had, had played a few days previously. They looked a lot sharper, and the way they were pressing Newcastle was making Newcastle go longer more than usual. Um, but it's funny about the game, you know. Uh, it almost felt like a continuation of the previous two games, you know, the West Brom game, the Southampton game, where they had the new system and and things were just clicking again. And I, I was kind of a bit worried that uh, they'd maybe the, the momentum had been halted a bit, but it was literally like they'd played that Southampton game, you know, three days previously rather than 106 days previously. So that was really encouraging. I think what 
was the biggest takeaway really is that when Sheffield United went down to 10 men, Newcastle were ruthless and clinical and we've rarely said that this season. I think it's only the second time they scored three in a league game um, this season and they they made the most of that. You know, Sheffield United, who, uh, you know, Wilder has them very organised play in a different way at the back with the, the two overlapping centre-halves, but their defence was just all over the place and as much as that was down to them maybe being a bit rusty themselves, I think it was that those front three were causing them problems and like you said um, it's funny about that Joe Linton chance the actual build up to the go that chance was was really good you saw Almiron and some Maxman linked up and um, those two looked really really sharp and with Joe Linton as we've said um, I think what was encouraging for me is where we've seen him miss a chance before maybe his his head goes down during the game and he doesn't really recover from it in this game he actually came back really strongly after half time so you would like to think <laughs> uh, we said this a couple of times uh, he, he'll take a lot from that and surely he's going to start um, on Wednesday and you know who knows what could happen but it's at least gets that monkey off his back but as as is always the case it's not long before it builds up again so he has to make sure he, he builds on that Just sticking Mark with uh, Joe Linton there Chris Worrell and a few other pundits have suggested that without the crowd um, not necessarily on his back, but you know, if he if the crowd were there and he misses that chance, of course, it's going to be grumblings and groans. That playing in front of an well, an empty stadium is going to benefit him and, and allow him to get his confidence up. Maybe allow him to miss a few chances without having those groans and grumblings on in the background. Yeah, I think that's that's been suggested. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the crowd have been pretty. Pretty good with him at home, in particular. I mean, obviously, it was that game at Rochdale. I think where you know he he, he did. Uh, he, I think the crowd turned on him there, and that was that was sort of not really just him. I think the the, the crowd turned on everybody that day because it was sort of end of a you know. I don't think that was even necessarily to do with how the team played, but been pretty good with him generally. But I can see that. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's obviously a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Misses the first chance, you know, then you get a bit of edginess around when the ball drops to him next time you know maybe but to be fair I mean the goal that he scored wasn't a confidence goal it was you know it was a, I mean you know you'd expect him to score that goal um, it, it's more like the first kind of chances where you, you hope that it, it, he's just not an instinctive striker is he? he's not somebody who, who you know I mean I think they mentioned in the commentary Thierry Henry where he used to score those goals for fun and and, and he's just not going to be that kind of player who's going to score those instinctive finishes where maybe he gets a bit of time Think about it, but then he really should be. He should know what to do at the end of that. He, he's just not, maybe not that kind of striker. Newcastle need that kind of striker in there. But I think there's, I think there's little things about Jalinton that you can see that maybe can move him on. And I'm just really glad for him that he scored the goal because it was a really bad miss, the first one, um, and he could have shrunk, but he didn't really. And 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 you know, you look at it in the end, he got an assist, one of their players sent off, and uh, and and scored, and and, and that's all, that's all you can ask. I mean, let's hope that we're not we're not talking about playing behind closed doors doors too much longer you know maybe just the next few weeks because you know I don't know about everybody listening at home but um, frustrating for me frustrating for you guys I'm sure that you know obviously there's only one media one one journalist going from each media group at the moment so there'll be plenty of us move, missing out and, and thousands of others missing out at home as well who probably would have loved to have been in there and enjoying a pint right now in uh, in, in, in the uh, in the city but, um, but yeah I mean it's just what you need really I think they're safe now that's the main thing. Most certainly, I think I agree with that. We're going to hear from Lee Ryder later in the pod, so stick with us for that. I mean, with the goal that Jordan scored, 
he he won the ball and, and passed it out wide to Almiron. So, you know, with that, that kind of shows that his head didn't drop. He was determined to prove his worth. I mean, he would maybe would have seen Andy Carroll getting stripped and ready to come on because the commentator, I'm sure those listening to him, had said, you know, Jolinton, it's like kind of now or never if he's gonna if he's gonna get that goal because Carroll's coming on and then, funny enough, he goes and gets the goal and you know it was really good to see. I'm not really sure how the commentator predicted that, but it was a really nice to see. He didn't just tap the ball home; he created that move as well, or at least started it. Yeah, I think the, the big thing. I mean, we, we've still seen this ten months on is him getting into the box and. That was maybe a, a, a good sign that he didn't just stop after winning the ball back. Like you said, he kept running to the box. It, it, it sounds and looks so simple. You know, we expect that of a, a championship striker, let alone someone who costs that much money. But they're the, the things he has to do right as a bare minimum. You know, he has to work hard. He has to be getting in those positions because, you know, I, I fans, uh, you know, they're upset that he missed the chance. But as long as he's getting in the positions, that has to be the starting point for him because... Uh, if he's not getting in the box and he's your number nine and Newcastle traditionally have struggled to, to create and score goals, they need him to, to be popping up every every three games. You know, uh, you know we will always point to Rondon and his scoring rate and what he brought to the team. We need to see Joe Linton offering his own his own qualities. And um, yeah, like I said, hopefully this running now, you know, he's had so much time to reflect in lockdown that it can be, it can be something of a start for him because... I think Steve Bruce said a few months ago, you can probably judge him after a year. It's coming up a year since he actually moves. So we're starting to approach that point now where essentially there are no excuses. Lots of praise for uh, Alan St. Maxman. He obviously got the goal and he just caused havoc uh, down the flanks. I think Steve Bruce has said afterwards that you, you can't teach what he's got. He's mentioned uh, perhaps uh, St. Maxman's been training in the back garden with his with his dogs, if you watch his Instagram, he's always running about. He did. He had a superb game today, didn't he, Mark? Yeah, I mean, he is, as I've always said, when Newcastle play well, Alan Samaxman will have played well. And that was the case today. You know, he, he, he looked, he looked. I think he said in, in his friend's football interview just before, uh, just after sort of lockdown started, that he felt he was just about getting himself back to where he needed to be um, before lockdown. So obviously, remember, he's had, Couple of long spells out with um, with with hamstring injuries he's had, um, you know, and 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 over Christmas he was he was kind of in and out. I, I think it took him a while to get to get going again, but now he's now he's there. And you know, I, I really think that he's got the all the attributes to be one of the outstanding players in the league in in terms of you know his explosive sort of attacking intent. There's not too many players play like that. Um, the fact that he's at Newcastle at the moment is probably just more of a reflection of you know the inconsistency that he's had. I haven't seen too much inconsistency this season. You know, performances like today are more of the norm for him at Newcastle so far than the, what, the games where he's he's anonymous. Um, he's got a great attitude in terms of you know how much he wants to be here, um, and 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 I really do think that whatever happens now, hopefully we're talking about a team that's that's got a bit more money and and you know a takeover that that, that has Newcastle looking up again. Whatever they're doing next season, I think he's got a big big role to play in it. Um, you know, if you're if you're somebody coming in to, to take Newcastle United over, you're th- you're looking at him and thinking, well, he is a marquee player, um, a really good signing, and and you know a big reason why they're um, why they're why they're, why they're now, in my opinion, safe. Indeed, I mean, there's that crazy stat, isn't it, about how many games Newcastle have won when he's been involved? I don't know it off the top of my head. Maybe 
Kieran does or whatever it is that is. Maybe he doesn't, but um, on, there is Kieran. that staff doing the rounds. Um, <laughs> the other person who stood out, I know Mark's tweeted out this, is Isaac Hayden, Kieran. You know, for me, a lot like Teoti, Chick Teoti was in his first couple of seasons where he just did that dirty work which doesn't pick up the headlines. It doesn't get the praise from, you know, maybe the spectators because you want to see players running at defenders. You want to see players taking on defenders. But without, for me, without Hayden working along in the background, sticking that foot in, it doesn't it doesn't tick along. It doesn't work. And he had a, a role in uh, Matt Ritchie's goal. You know, he, he spread the ball out to Matt Ritchie, got the assist. Um, he just, it was brilliant to see him, I think, really on top of his game today. Yeah, for sure. I think whatever about this situation, it really would have exposed the two central midfield players if they weren't fit. And I thought Shelby and Hayden really stood up today. You know, when we think of times where maybe the two-man midfield has come up short in certain games over the season, whereas today, you know, they were both... You can see why they're among the, the top athletes at the club, you know, the, the work rate. And yeah, as you said, Hayden just covers the ground almost you expect it. That's the very least he does, but it is such an important part of how they break up attacks, how they have those quick counters and how you release people like Almiron and some Maxman. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, he's, we're talking about players like um, some Maxman and Dubravka and Almiron being, you know, part of the, the club going forward. I think the new owners would be very keen to, to keep hold of Hayden as well. You know, it seems that he's obviously a bit more settled than he was a year ago and they could get him tied down. You know, I think he's one of those players who, who took a lot of heart from Bruce coming in. I know a lot of people, a lot of the fans were maybe a bit underwhelmed by that appointment last summer, but Hayden at a time when, you know, he was still thinking about his future, that was a really crucial point for him. And you can see the benefit of having a manager who believes in him has had for both him and indeed Shelby. I think they both had um, really good spells in recent months. I know recent months means something a bit different now, but they've, they've been very good. And for you, Mark, I mean, the reaction you tweet about Hayden said it all, didn't it? I mean, I don't know there's one person who said he, he didn't have a good game. Yeah, he's one of the players that, I mean, it's it's funny, you, you know, you, you kind of, he doesn't, he, he's not able to be there at that level in every game, I think. And sometimes he gets a bit of stick. I think it's unnecessary, it's unnecessary because he's really only as good as the attacking players around him. But today, you know, he was a facilitator, like you say, he was breaking up Sheffield United's play. He looked like a really good Premier League sort of holding midfielder who can, you know, I mean, he's not just the destroyer. He can play a pass as well, and he does. He does get forward. You know, he, he is again. You know, I think he's a big part for me. Of if, if, if you're going to, if, if they are going to move forward, you know, with new owners, they're going to have to try and as much as possible maintain the mentality that they've got at the moment because it's a top class mentality. And he's one of the players that you'd you'd, you'd want to keep. They've obviously got Richie tied down for a few more years as well. I thought he was excellent today as well. By the way, they've missed him a lot this season when he hasn't played. Um, but yeah, Hayden, I, I really like Hayden. I think he's a he's a really good player. Um, you know, get another, you know, get another midfielder in there who can, you know, either challenge him or, um, or, or potentially play, you know, in a pivot with him. And I think Newcastle wants something in that midfield mix. Really, do. You know, this is a Sheffield United team that let's not forget in the top six this season. Um, you know, Newcastle have beaten them twice now, so credit has to go to to Steve Bruce and uh, and the players for that. If I'm not mistaken, I think Newcastle were the, the last side to beat them. Did I hear that right, I think? Is that right? That's incredible, really. When you I'm sure that's what the comments, maybe I've made that one up as well. I know I'm, I'm, I think that is correct. Um, 
I think they've drawn a lot, but just on Richie Kieran, it was a big day for him as well because obviously he's played kind of in that wing-back role that went to a flat-back four, but, you know, lots of questions when Danny Rose came in, when Lazaro came in, what does that mean for Matt Ritchie? Where does he fit in? So to be given a more of an advanced role and to, to put in that performance, you know, like he has to, to grab a goal, get an assist, you know, it, it was a brilliant uh, way to show the critics that he, he can do a job going forward. Yeah, it was quite tan as well because he was a slight doubt before this game, but he played, which probably reflects his mentality, but also how much Bruce values him and the fact he got a new deal as well. It's very rare in recent years that players 30 or over have gotten kind of long-term deals in Newcastle and he's obviously been one of them and it's so obvious why. I think he, as well as being a good player on the field, um, what he does off him, what he's done in that dressing room, you know, it, there's a reason why LaSalle's turns to him more than anyone else because he's he's got that presence and mentality and um, it's, it's price is quality, you know. And uh, I think there are times maybe we forget what what he does on the ball, you know, the, the goal today, you know, is a perfect example. And yeah, I think that's his position to lose now. There's no doubt about it, you know, that even when you have someone like Lazaro who's very talented and obviously is a big, big name coming from Inter, um, that he's he stepped up to that challenge as were Richie and um, yeah I think going back to that old position despite being a bit older now he, he he's slotted back in and he does offer that defensive protection as well for uh, who's playing behind him so yeah I think it's a, it's a it was a sensible move really that he was fit and he could play Fantastic well just to wrap up the podcast and obviously before the game it was announced that the, uh, the government of Saudi Arabia had launched a crackdown on those uh, illegally broadcasting games in the kingdom. Mark, significant for you? Uh, uh, yes, I think so. I think that it's certainly viewed as significant by people within the PIF and close to the deal as well. It's viewed by them as something that's definitely worth, um, you know, worth, worth highlighting. I, I think that it's obviously that you know piracy has been the main, the main. Holding up, uh, holding point. I think there's, there's been other things as well, um, but piracy has been the biggest, the biggest thing. I think that the Premier League just didn't feel that they could countenance um, given the green green light. While there were so many questions around it, um, so this is is seen as addressing the WTO report, and it's also seen by the people in the PIF and the people in the deal, we're uh, close to the deal, as something that could potentially um, move this forward very quickly. I think that, you know, the noises that we heard at the end of the week about this week being significant in terms of approval, maybe not the announcement, because there have to be a few days in between approval and announcement, but that seems to be that seems to be the, the case as well. So um, my, my kind of caution is just that we've been here before, we've said it before, you know, I think I've said a few weeks, uh, a few weeks ago that I thought it was going to be that week. Um, but, you know, that, that I think was significant, yeah. And I do think that, um, we're moving towards a point where there is there is going to be a resolution, um, and you know I I think we've come a long way around the houses, but I don't think what I said um, a few weeks ago about still feeling confident that this would get Premier League approval has necessarily changed. I I, I haven't had that from Premier League, um, but that, that that's the way I feel. But I do feel it's significant, and you know interestingly, so do people close to the deal as well. So that's um, that, that for me is is interesting. But you know, let's just wait and see because. We've been here, as I said, been here before. Um, but if I was to, you know, if I was to, to say that I feel it was significant or was, is it nothing? 
you know, I, I do feel, yeah, it's significant. And it will be something definitely for the people, um, you know, the, the Premier League who are looking at it to um, to consider because that is one of the things that they couldn't uh, they couldn't do without without there being seen to be some action on this kind of open saw really of the out queue and and the piracy situation. And I I, I think it was always gonna it was always gonna have to rely on the uh, on, on on them to show that something was happening. But um, yeah, I think the PIF think that it's significant. So that for me is certainly interesting. You can head to the website and read up on that story, Kieran. Just finally. Uh, you mentioned in your five things that Steve Bruce had said, like the takeover can't uh, be used as an excuse. We have to make sure, you know, it's not using it as an excuse for a bad performance and what have you. It certainly wasn't today, was it? Yeah, it's almost like the players have been through this before, isn't it? Uh, no, it's a, <laughs> it, yeah, I, I kind of was, was another reason why I was a bit worried about today as well as the momentum being halted from 106 days ago was just, you know, this has been, the first it's ever gotten it's just been the the main story about Newcastle the past three months and as as professional as the players are you know there's they've been speaking about it on podcasts they've been asked about it all the time you're just wondering would that even take one percent off them but um no it was, it was a brilliant second half performance and I think just goes to show that uh you know they they want to finish the season as strongly as they can I think there's there's a fear almost that um they're too comfortable in the table, you know, that there was too much of a cushion. Um, but I think they'll be desperate to to finish as high as they can. I know it's a stupid statement to make, but sometimes, you know, we've seen with Newcastle teams over the years where this stage of the season, they might go on holiday a bit, but hopefully given that the games are so close together, uh, there's still a bit to play for that they can really push. Um, and it's just heartening to see that, you know, the system is is holding up at the back as well. They're, they're not conceding goals and just seems like they have a formula now to really uh, really push indeed just uh, 11 points now above the relegation zone just two off the top 10 and um, we're going to hear from Lee Ryder after the break so Mark Ewan thank you very much for joining us uh, stick with us like I say for Lee Ryder's view after this break So now joined by Lee Ryder, who's back from St. James's Park. Very surreal experience, I would imagine, Lee, that you've had today, given no spectators. Can you just give our listeners a bit of insight in what it was like for you as a journalist to turn up to the stadium and, and what your working day was like? Yeah, well, it was it was very different to, to normal. I mean, normally we're, um, you know, we're, we're, we're arriving at the ground when we want to arrive, um, but we were given a, a specific time slot uh, and, you know, just just walking up Barrack Road, which is normally full of hustle and bustle, people going up to the Black Bull for a pint, um, you know, going to meet the mates, all that sort of thing, you know, it was just completely uh, deserted and it that, that felt surreal to me. Um, it was a shock to the system because you you know on a match day you, your brain's hardwired to, to to you know to be weaving in and out people going going to the game so it was all very strange um walking through we had to walk through a different part of the ground to where we, we normally just go straight to the press room but we had to actually go through the main reception get our temperature checked um get hands sanitized and then you know Escorted up to level six, which is not normally where we um, 
we don't normally watch the game from there. We're normally down just above the dugout, but today we were we were up there, um, and it was a great view to be fair, and you know very very nice surroundings. But without without the supporters there, it's just uh, it's just not the same, and uh, it was it was a strange day. I mean, I'm still processing it now, as you can imagine, and uh, yeah, I've just done a piece. Um, which is that is hopefully going up on the Chronicle website soon. Uh, just talking talking through what it was like, and you know, but you know, brought back a few memories for me. Um, you know, being being a fan, and sometimes you know, get being lucky enough to get a seat up at the top of the Melbourne stand uh, and watching down on the game. And yeah, it was a it was a it was a strange day, but you know, one where. In the end, Newcastle got the right result um, without the backing of the fans and hopefully now they're pretty much safe. Well, there could have been so many distractions, so many excuses had the day gone wrong. We have the takeover playing on the background. You have, of course, COVID-19 and all you know the stuff that's happening with uh, the Premier League football. But Newcastle United didn't let any of that affect them, did they? It was a, a solid, the second half in particular was a really good, solid performance. It was uh, what what stood out for me was I'm um, funny enough I'm just um, watching the the Merseyside derby now in the background and you know there's a lot of players with with little knocks and niggles and picking up injuries but I thought Newcastle as a, as a unit they were so strong um, they seemed to the power the way through it and I think we were all warned there might be injuries in the game beforehand but physically they looked up for it and. Um, I think it caught it caught Sheffield United out by surprise at it, it, the way Newcastle started imposed themselves on the game. I think John Joe Shelby snapped into quite a high tackle early on, and uh, it sort of set the tone. And it was like a a bit like two two teams playing on trial almost, um, really getting stuck into each other, not really worrying about um, contact and things like that, and. Uh, Thought it was a real tough battle the first half. Second half, Newcastle got the help in hand with the red card. And then, you know, the goals, uh, Alison Maximan, uh, Matt Ritchie and Joe Linton, all well-taken goals. And yeah, perfect day, really. Clean sheet as well. Now switch to a, a flat back four. Um, there was a bit of nervousness about that, given how it played out earlier in the season. But Newcastle seemed really well suited to to the way they're set up today. And, uh, you, is that something you think they've worked on over the, the past few weeks when everyone's been back up at Benton? I think so. Uh, it was, if you go back to the Southampton game three months ago, uh, it was starting to look like Newcastle had a bit of momentum. And had you didn't, if you didn't know anything about, <laughs> you know, the COVID-19 situation and you you know in, in 100 years time if you're looking at these two back-to-back victories you might say oh well it must have kept the momentum from Southampton and it did it was almost like that in some ways that they just picked up where they left off they were creating chances down on the south coast three months ago and they started quickly once they'd weathered a, um, a potentially stormy start to the game they they, they settled themselves down they started creating and they had a, they should have been in front at half time no doubt about it and then second half as I said they got the help in hand but they created so much in the final third and for once you know good finishing Indeed and you had uh, Mancrio on the, on the right and you had Danny Rose on the left two players who are effectively kind of 
playing for their Newcastle United future. And, and Manquillo has kind of been that surprise package of the season, I think, in many ways. He's he's outperformed where many people thought he would be. And he had a, a, another decent game today. And what I noticed as well, he, he wasn't afraid to buy it back. I think Shelby had a little dig at him when, he, when uh, Manquillo cleared the ball instead of letting it go out for a goal kick. And Manquillo, you know, bought, fought back at him. And it was good to see that, um, that passion, you know, even in these kind of surreal surroundings where you know there's no fans and, and everything is a bit uh, upside down it was it was just good to see the players kind of playing with everything they've got yeah and I think I, I mean I've always said it that in, in the last three months we have plenty of time to reflect I've always said if we ever do get restarted it's going to be an opportunity for somebody to really have a good go in the last nine games of the season and you know pick up a decent quarter of points rather, you know, rather than, you know, splutter out that they've got a chance to, to kick on now. And I know, you know, you've got to get safe first in the, in the table. Um, but realistically, Newcastle got a chance of a, you know, top 10 finish if they can, if they can reproduce this and, you know, looking at the teams they've got left to play, I think they've got, they've got five, five of the bottom six to play in the next few weeks uh, you'd like to think that there's an opportunity there for them to you know at least at least finish the season in style but hopefully get a top 10 place fingers crossed I mean at the moment they're only two points off Arsenal in 10th which is crazy I mean it shows how tight actually the uh, the league is we um, Mark and Keane we all spoke about Alan St Maximum earlier in the podcast for you Lee I know he impressed he got a high mark in your player ratings as did Matt Ritchie for for you, were those the two standout players? I thought, you know, at half time, um, you know, it was it was very much, you know, we do the half time ratings, and I think there was a five in there after Joe Linton missed that chance, but there was very much sixes and sevens for me. And in the second half, I think, you know, I was those had a genuine dilemma on who who should have got man in the match. Yeah, and it was, you know. Sevens, eights, and nines, and there was a lot of good performances out there. I think Matt Ritchie was the driving force, uh, which yeah, isn't the first time that's happened. Won't be the won't be the last. Ansett Maximan did fantastic in the second half. Almiron did very well. Jolinton got his goal, and you know it was his bustling run that produced produced Sheffield United to ten men. So he's played a part there as well. Um, all in all, it was just a good split. And let's not forget, let's not forget, this was against a, one of the teams of the season, you know. Everyone's been saying Sheffield United are, are, are one of the, the highlights of the Premier League season. Chris Wilder should be getting manager of the year. And Newcastle have taken six points off them and not conceded a goal. I think that's, you know, I know there's a, these days on social media, there's a lot of negativity. But I think you've got to still give credit where it's due and credit where it's due Newcastle have, have done fantastic in them two games you mentioned there Joe Linton he, he got the goal after missing a, a very good chance in the first half Steve Bruce I, I imagine would have been very pleased to see his number nine get that goal on his second in the Premier League because it you know he stuck by his striker you know a lot of talk about Dwight Gale had Dwight Gale been fit he might have started and what have you but largely you know, Steve Bruce is stuck by Joe Linton in, in a goal today in, in a decent performance as well. Bearing in mind, you know, like you say, he, he was the man who caused Sheffield United to be reduced to 10 men. He started the move to his own goal and he did cause uh, trouble for Sheffield United. So, 
it, you know, Steve Bruce must have been quite pleased to see what I thought was it was a decent enough performance from Julian. Yeah, as I say, first half we, I think everybody probably thought the same. He missed that chance, and you thought all this talk of him, you know, coming out of the three month lockdown in a better state of mind. You, you wondered if that was true, but you have to judge a game on 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 its merits in ninety minutes. Second half kept going, as I say, played a part in getting the guy sent off. It was his run that, you know, made him do something to, to, to get the red card. And then it was, if you look at his goal, it wasn't, I mean, it was from close range, but at the end of the day, he's made the move possible. He's played the ball out of Almiron and he's made it timed his run to perfection into the box and finished it like a number nine. And yeah, maybe, maybe it is starting to, things are starting to happen for him. And, you know, with eight games left, he's got a chance to uh, get a few more goals and let, let's see if he can finish with a respectable goal tally. I mean, don't know what a respectable goal tally would be to, to some people, but um, if he can get double figures, then he's done fantastic. Um, but realistically, you know, if he, can get, if he can get seven or eight goals, then first season, all the troubles he's had, all the troubles Newcastle have had, that's, you know a better return than many people thought he would get at some stage. No, most certainly. Just a couple more questions then to, to wrap up, Lee. Um, what was Steve Bruce like at full time? How, how did the press conference go down? Because we, we, I imagine you guys weren't in the usual surroundings. No, basically, um, if you've, you've probably seen a few other Premier League clubs where they've just kind of uh, had the press in the stand scattered around with no PowerPoints. Well, to be fair, Newcastle, they, they did do a good job today. Um, they really did um, made sure that we were on a level, uh, level six, the executive level, where you could have all your um, technology ready to, you know, to, to get the to get the reports out and get the tweets out and all that sort of thing. You know, we were in a pr- privileged position to be there today, but we were also working um, and we were also trying to keep people following the game up to date and, Newcastle helped do that. To be fair, so it was a it was a good good deal around the press conference. You're asking there, not not the usual going down to the media auditorium and sitting where Steve Bruce is and talking to him. Basically, everyone again doing a Zoom conference where everyone's dotted around the executive level and Steve Bruce was on people's laptops basically and uh, he he basically spoke about the game and said it's just his luck that Newcastle win the game uh, 3-0 comfortably but sadly not in front of any of the fans so yeah it was a, it was a strange day Indeed and just finally then um, as seems to always be the luck with Newcastle United just before kickoff, it was announced that uh, the Saudi government had launched a crackdown on piracy you know sending warnings out to those um, who were part of the legal broadcast uh, operation, you know, warning them about people losing their jobs and the effects of, you know, piracy on the economy and what have you. For you, does that sound a significant move in terms of the takeover? Well, it's, again, it's it's all eyes, all eyes on the Premier League once more. Um, they have obviously held some tight discussions with the bidding side. The bidding side of what well, were told that certain things needed to be um, looked at. Uh, it feels like that is the case, whether it's 
enough to convince the Premier League to give it the green light. We'll have to wait and see. I'm certainly not one for sticking dates and predicting on when things will happen because we've seen other people do that in in the last two or three months and you know when it got to that day that it hasn't happened so hopefully it's a positive sign um but if you're asking me at the moment Newcastle are operating under the same regime that we have had for the last um few years and hopefully uh hopefully there is some some positive news <laughs>